Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to the show. This is Hoopball Grizz. I'm your host, David Williams. Along with me is my tag team partner, Isaac Simpson. And I'm doing the best I can to reel it in because it's only summer league. Do not overreact. Do, do not overreact. Desmond Bain is the GOAT! <laughs> that yeah, man. was killing it tonight. Holy yeah, crap. Summer league Michael Jordan, man. I mean, Desmond <laughs> Bain. And, I, and I've said it on Twitter. i said it even going back to, to Utah. Man, he's, too, he's too good for this level of competition. I mean, it's like a man amongst boys out there. I mean, he's just doing whatever he wants. And we, we got to talk about this before he came on. You you got to love the aggressiveness, the way he's moving to go into the basket uh, with, with, with hard, going to the basket, these reverse layups, man. You just – some creative finishes at the basket. I mean, he's shooting the three. I mean, he, they have him on the ball. Uh, I mean, he's doing a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there, man. And I think he's the starting shooting guard of the future for this team. I think we've talked about – trying to find that wing, that shooting guard to go along with Ja. I'm not so sure that this guy might not be it. I mean, he's – and I, I don't want to overreact. I know it's summer league, but, I mean, he looks like he's on a mission right now, and he's really taking this leadership role and, and ran with it, man. I mean, he's looking fantastic out there. Just dagger after dagger, man. They had blue blown the lead. Uh, Brooklyn had took back control of the game, and he just mm-hmm. knocked down some threes, man, just cold-blooded out there. And, and you love to see three. it. Yeah. yeah. 32 points. Four assists. How many rebounds did he have? I didn't do only uh, two, two rebounds. Two rebounds but, yeah. You know, just played unbelievable. Plus 26 and a exactly, plus minus. So. <laughs> this is exactly what we saw last year when we were doing draft research from Desmond Bain. This is Isaac called it last year. He was high on him. This was his, you know, like dream trade up target. And the Grizzlies went and done it. And so this is not surprising at all. You know, like he, he's probably not, you know, scoring like this in the in the league because of the level of competition. But all of these things that we're seeing, his ability to get to the rim, his playmaking abilities, all of these things are things that we talked about prior to last year's draft. And him having the the year under his belt, he's just destroying this summer league. Him and, and Xavier Tillman both yeah. played rotation minutes last year, and you can tell that they're a step ahead of a, a lot of this competition here. Uh, Xavier Tillman had a great playmaking game. You know, we, we talked about his ability to pass uh, before the league last year, and he, he had 15 points and seven assists, eight rebounds. You know, he flirting with a triple-double there. These guys were just playing extremely well. And we got our first glimpse of Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama. What did you think about the uh, the youngsters? We could gas up Bain and Tillman and Tilly. They, they all three played well. They have NBA-level experience. We expect those guys to play well. So let, let's talk about some of these other guys that we got to see on the floor for the first time and, and what you thought about them, Isaac. 
But real quick, but I got to pat myself on the back for the Bain thing, man. I, he got pegged as a three-point shooter coming to the draft. And I told people, man, don't discredit the rest of this guy's game, man. He can do things outside of just shooting the basketball. And that's been on full display here, not only last season, but here in the summer league. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that as we go forward. He matures. But, yeah, man, we got to see the youngsters for the first time. Uh, we, we heard them in, in the post-game press conference. I don't even know if they got an opportunity to practice. If they did, it was very limited uh, because I think they just signed officially yesterday. So, I mean, they, they're yeah. just jumping right in there. I, I think well, we might see them featured a little bit more going forward, but I don't think they really had time to even integrate them. I mean, you got the Zaire starting, um, and, and I, I think they're just coming in, coming in kind of green. So, I mean, you see Zaire. I mean, I didn't expect a, a huge game from him. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that's, going to take some time. I think it's going to be a process with him. He's not going to be one of these guys. I know we saw Boke Knight and the kind of the big game he had and some of these other guys that are coming in that are more NBA-ready right now. I, I, I didn't expect to see that from Zaire first game because, again, I think it's going to be a process. But you saw some nice things. I mean, he only scored sure. seven seven points. But, I mean, you saw some things. I mean, he got early in the game, got that steal, got in the passing lane, saw the lint, drove the lint to the floor, threw it down, two-hand dunk. I mean, you like to see that. And had some nice finishes at the basket, cut to the basket hard, uh, on some reverse layups. The defense is, is something that I think you saw uh, in, in this game as well. I, I think that, that translated very well. Mention, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I he, think uh, I, I like the defense for sure. Cam Thomas had a little stretch there where he was starting to uh, put the ball in the bucket, yeah. and you could see Zaire like he he wanted to step <laughs> up, he wanted to challenge him, and that's uh, I believe it was Desmond Bain that that mentioned that in the presser said that uh, you know Zaire defensively whenever a couple guys got it going he wanted to be the one to try and shut them down so that's a good thing you know if you're playing well on defensive end you're going to get on the floor look at the career that uh that tony allen had man you know like he was never a a great offensive player he was um man i would say serviceable at best on the offensive end but because of his high quality defense he was able to stay on the floor and so zaire locking in on the defensive end is huge it's that's really really big and i was really surprised at how well he picked up the speed of the game you know yeah. li limited amount of games in college and then one practice i think is what he said that that himself and, and santi were able to get in uh, before this game so being able to to pick up on that speed i think he done great man you know it, it's it's going to be extremely hard not to sit back and watch Boke Knight or, you know, Trey Murphy for the Pelicans. Yeah, man, 26 points. Today, man. Crazy, yeah. man. So, you know, like the, the guys that, that we were looking at before and guys that, oh, they could have been a Grizzly, it's going to be tough. You've got to reel yourself self in and not buy into that too much. I made the mistake of watching the Hornets game with both <laughs> night, you know, and I'm just like, oh, dude, like dagger in my heart. Because if you guys listen to the show, you know how high I was on both night from pretty much day one when we started the draft coverage. He was my number one guy for the Grizzlies. And then he was there, didn't get him. And so I find myself going back to, man, this guy could have been on the Grizzlies. And, you know, I would have loved to have seen Zaire come out and, and drop 20 with, you know, five or six threes and, and six or seven rebounds. But I'm aware of what his capabilities are. And, and I know that he is not a player. A lot of people expected Boke Knight to come in and have an instant impact because of his ability to score the basketball. Zaire Williams is not that guy, and I'm okay with that. It's just tough. You got it. You have to find a way to reel yourself in because it's going to be a very nasty roller coaster if you don't. 
Yeah, I, I'm scared to go over on Grizz Facebook right now because I know they're losing their minds, but they expect him to come out. I saw people saying, like, I didn't expect him to come out with 40. Like, I guess, I guess you didn't. I guess you didn't expect him to score 40 points uh, tonight. But, yeah, with, with Zaire, like I said earlier, it's going to be a process, and you have to kind of view him a, a different way because, I mean, this was an upside pick, and a lot of people asked for that, and it seems like now a lot of people aren't happy with that. But, I mean, it, it's going to take some time, but you just have to peel back a little bit and, and, and watch some other things, like we said, and you saw some things out out there tonight we did that you you like. I mean, just, again, mm-hmm. getting in the passing lanes, the length, uh, the, the way that he was able to finish. I mean, he's tall, man. I mean, it's six nine and three quarters at the combine. Man, he even looks taller than that, man. That kid looks like he's 6'11". I mean, yeah. it, you just think if he reaches his ceiling, man, to have that type of size on the wing, man, it's it's going to be scary uh, to have him along with – and you already got leaked in, a, in athleticism with, with Jaron. And after playing mm-hmm. with Jami, that's a three-headed monster that – you can just imagine what that would be like uh, on, on full go. I mean, it, it could be scary. And, again, man, it's going to be process. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be some times where he probably looks really bad. Uh, I think he, I mean, he's going to have to get stronger. He's got to get in the weight room. But, I mean, it's baby steps, man. This is just game one summer league. So, man, hold those hot takes, those reactions, man, because it's, it's going to be a ride, man. But you just mm-hmm. have to kind of evaluate it in, in a different way. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. going to be a guy that's right now I think is going to come out and score – 20 or 30 points in the summer league. I mean, they he didn't even get the ball that much today, man. We, we might see him featured more. It'll be interesting to see what, how well guys like Bain and Tillman are playing. Do they continue to play them for the rest of the summer league or are those guys that they might kind of sit out? We've seen that in times before where some of the main roster guys will play earlier and then they kind of phase them out as time goes on. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, again, I, I would man. Love, I would oh, love oh, to see that. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, if, you, if you can – feature of Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama, man, I wouldn't mind it at all because you just want to get those guys those opportunities and those reps to see what they can do. Yeah, you know, get uh, you know, we've got a guy, uh, Shaq Buchanan, that, that can run run the point. Get get those guys out there without Bain, without oh, sure. Tillman, and, and let let Shaq run the point, or or maybe you know let let see what Zaire can do with the ball in his hands. But you know, the, these guys, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly. They played rotation minutes last year, so they're going to have a leg up on these guys. Get them out there, and let's see what they can do with some of these other players and, and with uh, Zaire and Aldama and more of a featured role. Aldama played uh, 15 minutes or 14 minutes, just over 14 minutes. He struggled from the field, but also one practice, and this is I'll say this, if you go into these games looking for something negative from these guys, it's going to be easy to find it. It's going to be extremely. They're, they're rookies. They're not. Their game's not going to be perfect. Are you going to see other guys outperforming them that got drafted that possibly could have been a Grizzly? Absolutely, you're going to see that. But take into the positive stuff. The 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 steal and the dunk from Zaire. Just the you know him digging in on on the defensive end. Uh, the movement from Aldama. You know his footwork. And there were a couple times that uh, he was coming. Uh, he was getting downhill and got, you know, posted a guy up, had a smaller guy on him, and he got in good position, and they didn't get him the ball. Yeah. And I feel like he would have been able to finish there. You know, so that that was, you know, you, you just have to go into this looking for positive stuff because it's out there. But it's a lot easier to watch, a, you know, watch these two young guys and pick out the negative for sure. Yeah, and, and for all dumb, I'm sure it's been a – a whirlwind for him. I mean, he had to, he was over in Spain. So, man, had a long flight back to the States. He was in Utah. You're at altitude. 
you signed the contract, you had one practice. So, I mean, he's had all kind of stuff going on, man. And it's these guys are young, man. I mean, this is their first opportunity. I'm sure there's some nerves out there as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, he did shoot the basketball well from the field. But I mean, you saw some things. You saw the movement uh, and the way he can, like, he can push the basketball. He can handle a little bit. And again, like you said, I saw a couple instances where he had his man sealed. If they could have got to the bat, the ball, I think he would have finished. Uh, but again, man, I, I think as, as time goes on, you'll see these guys produce more and look look better, man. First game, like I'm not putting out any hot takes out today. I mean, I know you've seen other guys come out and, and have big time numbers, and I expected those guys to to look good in the first game. Guys like Boat Knight, Murphy, I felt like those guys were more ready to come in day one and compete. So you kind of expect those guys to to look better. Uh, but with these two guys, I think both of these guys are kind of project upside picks. So, I mean, it's going to be some growing pains. I mean, again, I just hope people temper expectations and just don't kill these guys. Like, oh, well, we took Zaire Williams in the, in the lottery. He only scored seven points. Man, you just can't do that, man. Give the guy give the guy time. I mean, because I, I think I, – I personally – and, again, we talked about him as a guy that we didn't even like at 17. But I think the work ethic is there. I think he's a guy that's going to work hard. Uh, I think he's going to get in the gym. He's going to get stronger. And the tools are there. I mean, it's just that if he wants to work hard and reach that ceiling, I, I think he's going to be a very good player one day. Yeah, I was talking with my buddy earlier today, and you know, I, I told him, I'm like, man, the draft night, and then you know, a few days after, I was still, you know, salty about this pick. But you know, your time to be salty about it is done, man. Yeah, it, I mean, like, it's he, real he's now. on the team. You cannot change it, and if you're not. If you're a Grizzlies fan and you're not hoping that this kid succeeds, you're not really a Grizzly fan. No, man, because like, I mean the future is big time riding on this. Yeah. Like that. I I am one of those people when we were and, and I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again right here because you talked about it. You know, people wanted to see them take a, a swing in the upside. I'm one of those guys. I was one of the people at 17. I did not want Chris Duarte, not because he's not capable. Because you look at what he done in his first summer league game, he's got to be more than capable to play at the NBA level. But I wanted them to take a guy that had a bigger upside. The floor wasn't as safe. They, they've taken high floor guys in the previous drafts. I wanted them to take a swing at upside. And then they did. They have now. I got what I wanted. But be careful what you ask for because sometimes <laughs> it's not, you know, like it doesn't turn out the way that you want it yeah. to. And so – here we are. Like I'm, I'm all in on this kid. Let let's see what he can do. And I, you know, I was kidding around. Um, I think Drew Hill tweeted out whenever he got that steal and, and dunk, and he's like, "It's just summer league. Don't overreact." And I'm like, "He's he's well on his way to be the greatest Grizzly of all time." You know, <laughs> just clowning around, but you know, I I want that. I want to see him be an all time Grizzly great because I do not want to see this team fail. And with Ja and Jaron. This kid could very well be the third piece. Desmond Bain, with what he's shown in this summer league, maybe he's the third piece, and this kid's just going to be a role player. But if this kid turns out to be, um, I mean, size-wise, it's not really a great comparison, but, but let's say Joe Ingles. If this kid turns out to have a career like Joe Ingles, am I disappointed? No. Joe Ingles is a great rotation player that's been in the league for a while. And in the lottery, you would like to see a franchise piece, of course. But, you know, Ricky Rubio, I think, was taken with the sixth or seventh pick. And is he a bust? Not by any stretch, man. Been in the league for a while now. So that there's this whole he's a bust if he's not an all-star, superstar player. 
I'm, I'm not about that life, man. I, I want to see him be in a league and be a successful player. Would love to see him reach full-time, you know, like the, the ceiling that Isaac and I talked about before with, with, you know, Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant type player. Would love to see that. But there there are many, many other ways that this could go for him to be a successful player. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see how – for they push this thing. Do they just throw him in the fire or they, do they start him when the season starts? It's going to be interesting to, to watch because, I mean, we talked about him when we were thinking that he was going to go at 17, was maybe a guy that you sent down to the hustle and down to South Haven. But now that you take him at 10 and, and you make that big move to go up and get him, claim him as your guy, man, I, I think they should throw him in the fire. I, I think they should clear out. I mean, they made a trade uh, with Grayson Allen. I'm going to talk about that in a minute to clear up more minutes on the wing. I, I think they should let this kid Go out there and learn on the fly. I mean, this team, this front office is proven time and time again. They've said it, and I and people don't always believe it. And I was having a conversation with someone this morning that still doesn't seem to believe it. But everything that they do is based on the long term. They're not they're not doing anything that I mean. I think would they like to make the playoffs, of course, but they're not going to change paths to try to force their way in the playoffs if they make it, despite of of their vision, which I think is what happened last year and even even the first year, I think I think they were just good and it just happened, but I think they were still doing things with a long-term view as far as some lineup, development, the way that they were treating injuries, and, and that's exactly what they're doing. So if you, you double down on that, triple down on it now by moving JV, uh, you've now moved, moved Grayson and taking Zaire Williams, you've kind of tripled down on that plan. So, man, just see it through. I mean, if you're going to be in on development, man, be in on development now. I think this team still has enough talent to still be a play-in team or a playoff team, even with the moves they made. And if I think they're not going to do anything to stop that from happening. But again, they're not going to push veterans or try to play guys over development just to try to get in the playoffs. And, and that's something that I've been trying to explain to some people that they don't seem to understand that, that this front office has said that time and time again, and that's how they're viewing this thing. And if they take a step back, I, I don't think they're that worried about that if they move forward with development. Well, I, I know that was something you kind of struggled with last year because of how well they yeah. were playing. You know, you, you were like, man, this team is too good to be doing this. And as a fan, it, it's really, really hard it to watch tough. the progression. It's tough, for sure. But you have to show a little bit of patience. If you look at what the Milwaukee Bucks done last year and the the whole go back and look at Giannis and Chris Middleton and their growth – as they went from, uh, you know, like outside of the playoffs, now they're in the playoffs, now they're a competitor, and now they've won the title. Watch it, watch the growth from those two guys. And, and that's kind of, you can't rush it, man. You really can't. If you give these guys time, you know, Chris Middleton, whenever he ended up there, nobody, nobody could have told me that he would be the player that he is today. And so, that's something I think that that's another name that I think would be a, a pretty good ceiling for Zaire. You know, if he turned into a Chris Middleton type, I would be completely fine with that. You know, there, there's just, there's steps in a process. Sometimes you got to take one step back to go forward. And I think that's where we're at. I think that the Grizzlies do not win as many games this year as they did last year. I think they take a step back, but it's just a step forward. You know, like they, they're going to go back just a little bit, but, I would love to see Zaire get 20 minutes a game. Development, 
develop these guys, watch them, you know, see, see what Bain's going to turn into, what Tillman's going to turn into, you know, you've got these guys under control for a while before you have to put, uh, pay Jaron and Ja. So let's develop these guys and have high level role players on cheap contracts. And that's the way that a small market wins a championship. We just have to show a little bit of patience as fans, even though sometimes showing patience sucks because we have to watch them like last year, they were more focused on development than winning. So there were times when, you know, maybe it wasn't the best lineup out there that to, to close the game, or maybe we left the lineup on the floor a little bit too long and let the gap get too wide that we couldn't catch up. Um, you know, I, I thought that the Grizzlies were going to take a step forward this year, and I'm like, we're not going to see this next year. I think next year is going to be when they play to win. But then the trades that they made, yeah. it's a development year. I think this is another development year. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they made the playoffs. I actually hope they make the playoffs. But, um, you know, if, if they don't, to me, if they don't make the playoffs and Zaire's playing 20-plus minutes a night, I'm I'm happy. One hundred percent. Like you said last year, I wasn't fully on board with it. I understood it to a certain extent, but now that they, like I said, kind of tripled down on this, this is the vision. This is what it's going to be, and I've accepted it. I, I'm I'm ready to go because I mean, the long term goal to win a championship is not to make it to the first round or, or or sneak into the second round. This front office wants to build a team that can compete for championships, and sometimes it's hard. Like you said, it's going to be growing pains. They're going to lose some tough games. You're going to see some situations like, why are they doing this? Why are they not rushing this guy back from injury? But three, four years down the line, when you're in the Western Conference Finals and you're going to look back and you say, oh, that's why they did this, to get here. And so, I mean, that's what the situation is, man. So just be patient and and let them do their thing. Because, I mean, they've done a wonderful job. Because we talk about this, and despite the development, they found themselves in the the playoffs last year and, and probably if it weren't for injuries to Jaron and Tyus Jones in the bubble, they probably would have made the playoffs both years, which it's insane to think about because usually when you start these re- rebuilds, you're not even thinking about playoffs. You're talking three, four, five years down the line, sometimes not even then. And this team was essentially basically a playoff team both years in the first two years of a rebuild. That's something that you don't ever see without making some major, major moves, bringing in bets. And they, they, they did not do that. I mean, this team yeah, was focused it, on development and they were able to get it done despite of that. And that's, Pretty amazing when you think back on it. It speaks volumes to the caliber of player that John Moran is and the job that this coaching staff has done to develop these guys. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to to get your team to that level. And and obviously, Ja has been a huge part of that. But, you know, Coach Jenkins and the staff developing these guys and getting the best out of them has been huge. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, so we'll move on from that. I want to say one more thing, and then we'll definitely we'll get into this Grayson Allen trade. The Grizzlies have positioned themselves to make a big move sometime in the near future. They've got young players that are good, that are valuable, and they have a lot of assets. A lot of, a lot of picks. <laughs> so there's already talks, and, and I'm not – this is not me saying that I – just hear me out before you go crazy about what I'm saying here. <laughs> Zion Williamson is already, there's already been rumblings of him not liking the position that he's in in New Orleans. Disgruntled stars happen all the time. Stars request trades all the time. The Grizzlies and the Atlanta Hawks are two teams that are good and they're young and they have assets that they can move to go and get a disgruntled star. So, what we're doing this year, we're going to see, we're going to find out, you know, 
is Jaron gonna is Jaron going to be able to be one B or two? If you know if Ja is one, Jaron can be two. Is that a possibility? If that's not a possibility, do you look at moving on from him? Because he's still because of his size and his his athleticism. That's something he's going to bring value. Even if you don't think that he's your number two, it's still going to bring value. He's somebody that you could use in a trade to bring a ton of value. The Grizzlies have positioned themselves very well to go out and get a disgruntled star. I'm not saying that that's happening this year. I'm not saying it's happening next year. I'm not saying the Grizzlies are in conversations trying to trade for Zion Williamson. I'm just saying when somebody like that is really disgruntled and they demand a trade, the Grizzlies would be a prime destination because of the young players and the assets that they have. And, you know, his friendship with John, how close they are. Uh, I, I definitely think that playing with John fire. was probably. Yeah. Don't stoke the fire. That's not. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm not reporting that they're going, like you said, we're not reporting that they're about to land Zion Williamson, but it's definitely something to think about. And, and as yeah, you said, yeah. the Grizzlies have really put themselves in position to go out and make a big move. I mean, they're collecting these second-round picks, and people are like, oh, these are just second-rounders, man. You see the Grizzlies have been able to use those second rounders to move up in the draft. I mean, those things are valuable when you when mm-hmm. you can stack them like that. And they this front office has really been able to collect those assets and, and cash them in. So I think some of the stuff that you're seeing, that's exactly what we're seeing. They're, they have an eye on the future of making a big move going forward. And I think that's what you see. And, and to, to go back to the Jaron thing, I think one thing that does get talked about about the JV trade a lot is that aspect. Of course, JV was a guy who I don't think was a part of their future. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and they, they weren't going to re-sign him. So that is one of the reasons why they made the move. But another reason why they made the move is to clear a path for, for Jared. Jared is going to be the guy. He's going to They're going to give him every opportunity to be featured, to sink or swim, to find out what they have in him, just like you said. And, and maybe if it doesn't work out, maybe you could see him moved or at the deadline or at the end of the season. But they're going to give him the opportunity, I think, feature him next year. And I'm excited about that. And you mentioned this on our last podcast about him kind of getting away from going to the basket. We saw a lot of that, some inside stuff from him in his rookie season. We didn't see a lot of that. Now, that could be coming back from injury, the rust. Because he had turned into basically an all-perimeter player. Um, and he he was major in the paint, like early on in his career, especially in his rookie season. And I would like to see them get back to that. And I think not having JV there and not having a guy that's a big offensive threat in the paint, and Steven Adams is more of a defensive guy, I think we're going to see him featured more in the paint, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to see. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. That's uh, JV clogged up a lot of things. You couldn't have both yeah. of them down there, you know, and, and that's uh, who knows what version of Jaron we see this year. I, I hope that it's a positive one. Again, there, there's not a single player on this team that I want to do bad. You know, I, I mentioned before my – extreme dislike of Grayson Allen prior to him becoming a Grizzly. And then, you know, once I was around him and had conversations and saw how he was with the fans, with the media, it, it completely it. It, it completely changed my outlook on Grayson Allen. And I understand there's still people that are soured on him. And that's their loss, man. He he is generally like he he's a great dude. I, I can't tell you how many times that I was, you know, I, I like the autograph. I can't tell you how many times I was at games and Grayson was coming through and I, you know, I'd got his autograph. I wasn't always trying to, to get his again, but I would just have conversations with him. Nobody else would talk to him. So I would start a conversation with him and it was always super light, friendly, just, just great dude. And I hated to see him leave. I understood why the Grizzlies done it, but um, 
this one was kind of tough for me. Um, I think that they got a great return. There are a lot of fans that don't agree with that. There are a lot of fans <laughs> that are super mad about this trade. But um, the Grizzlies traded away Grayson Allen to the Milwaukee Bucks for Sam Merrill and two future second-round picks. Now, I, I did – I tried to find out. Right now, I don't think the year of the second-round pick – Yeah, they haven't. They that's haven't that's been not reported. been released yet. So we're, we're not sure of that. But I want to talk to you guys about the comparison uh, of Sam Merrill and Grayson Allen. And if you look at NBA numbers, it's not even close because Merrill didn't play any time for the Bucks last year. But if you go back and you look at their college numbers, I think it's going to surprise you a little bit. Sam Merrill, after his freshman year, he, uh, he started 18 games his freshman year. He was playing 26 minutes a game, and he only averaged nine points. Sophomore, junior, senior year, he goes 16, 21, 20. This boy can fill it up. He can score uh, he can. and he can he can shoot the ball. And I'm not afraid to say, you know, he was 42% on six attempts a game in college. Grayson Allen Light. That that's you know, that that's I think that they essentially got the same player, but at a better contract right now. Yeah, I, I put out a tweet on Twitter. I, I tweeted that Sam Merrill's Grayson Allen before Grayson Allen was Grayson Allen, and I got some pushback on that. And, and people don't – a lot of times people don't understand the context of the things that you tweet. It drives me nuts on Twitter that you'll tweet something or you're being sarcastic or you're saying something for a different reason. They'll take it a completely different way. Like I wasn't saying – and if you listen to the tweet, I said Grayson Allen before Grayson Allen was Grayson Allen, which meaning they have a very similar – type of situation the way Grayson came in here. Grayson, after his rookie year, Utah was basically just trying to give him away. Like, they didn't want him in, in Utah anymore. He didn't have a great year in Utah and really didn't have a great time with the Grizzlies until the bubble last year is when he kind of came into his own, and we kind of saw that in a bubble and it continued into this, this past season. But Sarah Merrill, I mean, similar size. Uh, they they both shoot, both big-time college players. I mean, Sam Merrill was a Big-time college player, had a big-time season his senior year, Utah State NCAA tournament, a career 42% college three-point shooter, shot 44% last year. Now, super, super small sample size, 21 of 47 overall. But one thing that you don't have to worry about Sam Merrill is he can shoot the basketball. And usually guys that can shoot, I mean, he's an elite shooter. And if, if you have that kind of shooting ability, you can stick around. And what the Grizzlies basically did is we talked about they cleared the space for Bain and Melton to get more minutes. But you have a guy, Merrill, who's cheaper, uh, a younger version of a not young because he's actually older than Grayson, but uh, a, a, a not, not as experienced, a guy that's, that you're not going to feel pressure to play over uh, Melton and a guy that you can develop over over more time than a guy that's been in the league longer that's more established than Grayson. And you get him at a cheaper price. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at with Sam because, and I had this conversation with somebody, I think two or three years from now, you could see Sam Merrill have the same kind of trajectory that Grayson Allen had. I think he averaged, what did he average, three points a game. I think Grayson Allen averaged five points a game this rookie season. So, I mean, it's very similar with the way they came in. They're guys that, because, I mean, there were people that thought Grayson wasn't even an NBA player. Well, after after the, he got traded to the Grizzlies, there were a lot of people thought the Grizzlies were just going to cut him. They weren't even going to play him. And then he just kind of came in. And like you talked about, I mean, Grayson had himself into the city, which, He's a guy that you wouldn't necessarily expect it, would have loved Memphis, but he seemed to in, embrace it. And I think he, me and Sang were talking about this the other day, I think he grew 
not only on the court, but off the court as well. And mm -hmm. you talk to him in press conferences and everything. I mean, he is super smart, high IQ. I think he's a, a future NBA coach. I, I think he can coach uh, basketball. But the way he talks about the game and breaks it down, and he's so articulate with the way he talks about different things. Like, you ask him a simple question, and he goes deep. He does. He's not one of those guys that just gives you these, yeah, no, just one-word answers. If you ask about a specific play or something like that, he's going to break it down. He's going to tell you what he was seeing, um, what, what the defense was looking at. I mean, he's one of those type of guys, and he's going to be missed, man, because I really enjoy talking to him. But, uh, again, Sam Merrill is a guy that I, I'm excited about. And I talked to uh, Coach Darko Radikovich after the game today and asked him about him. He said that Sam hasn't been cleared, I guess. They have to go through the COVID protocols and everything when they get traded. So he, has, he hasn't been able to practice with the team yet. He said he expects that to happen soon. East Barnes is another guy who he said was a little bit banged up, uh, but that he does expect him to possibly play on Wednesday. So it's got a couple of notes there. But going back to the trade, I'm not mad about the trade at all. I mean, you pick up two second-round picks, which are assets, just like we talked about, to, to facilitate trades in the future. And you get a guy in, in Sam Merrill, who's a guy that you can develop and kind of moves makes room for Bain and Belton. He's not a guy that you are going to feel obligated to give minutes to because he's not as established as Grayson. So I, I think it's a good trade. A lot of people don't understand Again, this front office, they weren't making that trade to get, quote-unquote, equal value on the floor this year. And, and again, that's their vision. They're not worried or concerned about how many games they win this year. And, again, as a fan, that might be tough to swallow, but it is what it is, and that's the vision that they have. And you got to look towards the future when, when they make these moves. You can't look at it as this player is better than this player, this player is equal to this player when they make the trades, just like the JV trade. Yeah. Valenciunas was the best player in that trade. But they're, they're not worried about the wins and losses this yeah. year. And that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. You, you can look at the two trades and you can say, without I mean, hesitation, simple. without hesitation, Grayson Allen was the best player in his trade. JV was the best player in that trade. So the Grizzlies gave up the best players in the trade. But it wasn't about those players. I, I tend, this is the way that I'm looking at this deal. They, they send Grayson Allen out, they were probably not going to pay him. No, same thing with JB. They're probably situation. not going to pay him. So you get two second round picks in return. They gave up two seconds to move up to 30 to get Santi Aldama. Replenish the, the well, got, man. Got him right back. So right now, with, you know, they've moved, they got those two seconds back and they moved from 40 to 30 for nothing. That's the way I'm looking at it. Because. If Sam Merrill never develops into anything, if he never plays rotation minutes for the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are fine with that. They, you know, they made this trade to replenish the the assets that they got rid of, and you know they've given up a couple seconds. Uh, they done it last year, I think, to move up to get uh, Tillman. They done it again this year to move up to get Aldama. It, it's just about having assets, and we already talked about you know when a disgruntled star mentions. One out, Grizzlies can be like, "Hey, yo, <laughs> come check out this package of picks I got for you." So it's, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Do I, I absolutely 100% expect Sam Merrill not to really touch the floor this year. Into the game, garbage minutes. You know, maybe it surprises me, but this move was to clear way for guys that you want to see on the floor more. Maybe we see Bain, Melton get more minutes. We want Zaire Williams to be in the rotation. Somebody had to go in order for that to happen, and that's that's what they've done. And I don't think 
to be completely honest, I don't think they're done before the season starts. No, I, I definitely think there there are other moves that I, I put out a tweet. It was it was a joke. It was satire. And I was like, what uh, plot twist? What if Sam Merrill is the new Grayson Allen for Taylor Jenkins? We all know how much Taylor Jenkins loved Grayson Allen, man. I mean, that, that was his guy. But um, that, that was kind of a joke that I put out there, and people were kind of kind of ripping me for that one. Said they hope not, and, and that, why am I wishing this evil on him and all that all that stuff? But yeah, man, I, I don't think Sam's gonna get a get a lot of time this year. But I think he's a guy that you can sit down to the hustle and, and get some minutes down there and get some developmental time. Because, again, man, I'm always open to shooters. We talk about this all the time, man. If you, if you can shoot the basketball, man, you're, you're A-OK in my book. And he's definitely a guy that can, can do that. And we'll see can, what he can develop. And can he develop into what Grayson Allen was a couple of years down the line? I mean, he's a rookie, had, had a fantastic college season. He's actually older than Grayson, like I said. But I think he's a piece that, that you might have something there. We'll just see what, what happens with that down the line. Yeah, I was trying to – I'll just do it this way. I'm, I'm going to run the, – these are the numbers from the Sam Merrill College, his college career, 47% from the field, 42% from three, 89% from the free throw line, 16.8 points per game. Grayson Allen, 43% from the field. Sam Merrill wins that one. 38% from three. Sam Merrill wins that one. 83% from the free throw line. Sam Merrill wins that one. 14.1 points per game. So college numbers, Sam Merrill outperformed Grayson Allen. Obviously, they were in two different places, two different colleges. Grayson was playing on a loaded Duke team. You know, maybe if Grayson's yeah. playing for Utah State, you see those numbers go up. But don't give up on a guy just because you don't know who he is. Exactly. And, and I've been point. guilty. I've been guilty of doing that myself. Don't, you know, get, give a guy a little bit of time. And, and that's something as fans, it's really, really hard to do, ex especially when you're losing a guy that you really like. And that's, um, you know, had a couple conversations about not getting attached to, uh, not getting attached to role players because role players are the ones that tend to leave. And, and it's tough at times, especially because of, you know, the way Grayson was with the media and all of that, it, it's hard to see him go, but here we are. And if this was a step that had to, to be taken in order for them to take a step forward and end up with a, a championship on bill street, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I, I wasn't as surprised at all, man. You knew it was, you knew it was coming. I knew if one, once, whenever they decided to consolidate, which I knew they would at some point, I figured that Grayson would be the guy, uh, especially with this contract situation. You can definitely not move in vain. And Melton, they've already paid him. So you figured Grayson would be that guy. And that's what we saw. So I wasn't really surprised with the move at all. And, and you made a great point. People tend to, to kill things in, in real time. I mean, just to go back to, and this is not compared, this is Sam Merrill, anything at all. It's just an example of fans freaking out in the moment. How bad Trey Young got blasted in summer league. How, I mean, people were just calling this guy. He said he's terrible. That this guy's not going to be any good. I don't know why. Taking him, a lot of fans were just killing him. And now look what he's doing a couple years mm -hmm. down the line. I mean, that's the kind of thing, man. Let let things play out before you just kind of make these judgments on it. I understand that it's tough. And, again, Grayson Allen is a guy who I know I like a, a lot. And I know a lot of fans like him a lot. He endeared himself to him because, I mean, I think anybody – the Grizzlies have been devoid of three-point shooting so long. Anybody that can, can shoot threes, I think Grizzly fans can will kind of fall in love with because we love shooters. That's kind of how I am. And I know some, some fans are like that as well. So I think he kind of – a guy that came in where a lot of fans weren't happy about it. I think by the time he left, 
I think he had a lot of fans here in Memphis. So definitely going to be tough to see him grow. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he ended up in a great situation. I think he's going to do really well up there, man. So, man, shout out to Grace Dallas, man. Go love to be a walk and kill it, man. Might end up getting a, getting a ring up there. Who knows? But I, I think that's a great fit for him. They could, they could use some more shooting on that team, and I, I think he'll do really well up there. You know, uh, the Bryn Forbes left, and he went back to San Antonio, and that's a spot you can just slide Grayson Allen right right in. And I honestly, I think Grayson Allen is a better player than Bryn Forbes and the yeah, fact that, you know, Grace, Grayson can uh, go off the bounce better. You know, he, he's, he's fine, spot up, you know, moving – Grayson can – I think Grayson can do more things than Brent Forbes, so that's an upgrade for Milwaukee. And um, good, good luck to him. Best wishes. Uh, I don't know that they're going to pull off another ring. That would be insane if they do the way these teams are loading up, but we'll see. Man, I don't really have much of anything else for today's show. I do want to talk to you guys about uh, our partners here at HootBall. We don't get these in nearly enough, but we do have a couple sponsors. MyBookie.ag, online sportsbook. It is the best online sports book out there. They have more lines and better odds for the players than any other site. If you go over there and you sign up right now and use our promo code HOOPBALL, they're going to match your initial deposit 50%, so you can get up to $500 for free from mybookie.ag just by using our promo code HOOPBALL. And our other sponsor slash partner, Manscaped. We got a 20% off discount. If you want the lawnmower 4.0, the engineers over at Manscaped have worked day in and day out for the skin safe technology. The, the 4.0 has the selectable led light. So you can use it in the shower. It is waterproof. It will help you keep all of your man parts in the best shape possible. Go over, check them out. Our promo code with manscape is hoopball 20. Man, I, mean, real, I was going to say real quick before we get out of here, I do want to touch on the, the Eric Bledsoe situation. Um, when, when the trade was first made with the Pelicans, I think Chris Haynes was the one that put out, uh, NBA reporter Chris Haynes put out a report that said that Eric Bledsoe wasn't expected to stay with the Grizzlies. Now, time has moved on, and I think we kind of expected <clears throat> excuse me, something to happen on that front by now. And it's, it's kind of looking more and more likely that either Bledsoe is going to be on a roster or that they might attempt to work a buyout. Uh, now, in this situation, I think, I think probably for his sake and probably possibly for the Grizzlies, I think they would probably rather move him on if they could get good return, but I think the jury is on out if they, if they can get requisite assets. I mean, especially with his contract, will you be able to move him for anything viable? I think is the question. So, to me, if they, if they can't get good return for him, I'd actually rather for him to stay here and be on a roster. But the question with that is, is he going to buy in in that situation? I mean, he's 31 years old. He's probably looking to, to get paid if he only has three point, think $3.4 million guaranteed, $3.8 million guaranteed in 22-23. So he's looking to cash in and get a, a, another big contract um, a, as he gets older. So he's probably going to want to be somewhere where he's kind of featured. Uh, I mean, even that's an issue because you look around the league, I don't think there's a lot of spots where now the spots are kind of drying up where he would be a, a starting point guard. Now, if you bring him into the roster, I think there's two, two questions with that. I think you look at the situation. I had some people saying this morning – suggesting that you start him at, at the two along with Ja. And I'm 100% against that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I just think it's too small. I, I'm My deals, I want to get bigger at the two, three. I'm not trying to get smaller. And that's a really small backcourt despite Eric Bledsoe's defensive uh, abilities. But 
the the other situation is this team just made it. We just talked about this team just made a trade. They traded Grayson Allen to open up playing time for Desmond Bain and potentially be Anthony Melton. Now, if you bring in Eric Bledsoe, this is likely going to be a one year thing. Like nine times, about, about a 99% chance Bledsoe's not on this roster in 22 23, no matter what. So if you bring him in and you decide to start him at the two, that kind of goes against your vision of development because you, he's going to take time away from Melton and Bain. You're you just locking the the wing rotation back up again, and you just drafted Zaire Williams. You just clocking it back up because he's gonna if he's playing at the two, he's gonna get significant minutes there. That means somebody's minutes are gonna get cut. So I don't think that's the right path to go. Now the other option would be make him the backup point guard and again play. I guess get some minutes at the two, and you probably move Tyus in that situation. But the problem with that is, is he gonna be okay with that, and would he accept that role? So I think that's kind of the situation with Eric Bledsoe, because I, I don't know, especially behind a guy like Ja, you have a guy that's a possibly a button superstar that you know he's going to get 30, 35 minutes a game. So you're not, there's not going to be a lot of minutes behind him. And I mean, I guess there will be times where he could come in when other guys at the game and still steal some minutes at the two. But I, I just don't know at this point in his career, would he be happy with that? Now, if they talk to him and he says that he would accept that role and be cool with it, I'm good, man. Bring him in because I think, Talent-wise, just in a vacuum, he helps his team. I mean, he's an upgrade over Tyus. I mean, he's just a, a, a better player than some of these guys on the team, despite what a lot of people have said about him. So if he's on board with being a backup point guard and, and kind of going that route, I'm fine. But I, I don't think starting at the two would be the right idea for a couple for the, for the reasons I just laid out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with basically everything that you just said. This is what I would like to do. I want to go into this a little bit deeper, but we're already running a little bit long right now. Let's shelve this for now and come back with another episode later in the week because we didn't really talk about the like the, the JV trade. We didn't break that down. We were not sure what was going to happen with the other players, so we talked about it a little bit. We didn't get into the blood so stuff. We didn't talk about Steven Adams. So I would love to get into a little deeper breakdown of those two guys on a later episode. You good sure. with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We could definitely delve into it because we haven't really broke it, broke it down deeply. I mean, we've got to talk about it on the surface. But yeah, man, we'll be back later in the week and we'll kind of delve, delve into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that'll be great. I've got plenty to say on that, and I really I want to address the, a couple of the things that I have seen across Twitter and some of my friends that have talked to me about it. Um, I, I want to talk about the differences between Adams and JV, and one thing that. It drives me insane. We, we talk about the difference in defense between Adams and JV, and people bring up the defensive rating from last year where JV was better than Adams. And so we're going to get into that. I'm yeah. not going to talk about that tonight. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a breakdown of Steven Adams and the advanced statistics, stuff like I'm – Advanced statistics are great. That they're fantastic. Context matters. Context makes all the difference in the world. So we're going to bring that to you in the next episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get me on Twitter at dwill two one one one. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can you get me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. I S A A C underscore rivals. Again, man, the Grizzlies will be back. On the court in Las Vegas Wednesday, 4 p.m. against the Miami Heat. That game's going to be on ESPN3. So we'll be back sometime after the end to look back at that game. Uh, talk about Zaire Williams, Santiago Dama. We'll see what they do in 
your second act, um, delving some stuff that we just mentioned. And until then, we're gone. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Clover gives you the power to run a smarter, faster restaurant. See everything in real time with the kitchen display system. Streamline takeout and delivery with online ordering. With the right tech, quick service is getting even quicker. Clover, accept payments, run your business, and sell more. For a limited time only, visit Clover.com to get a $450 statement credit on qualified hardware purchases. That's www.clover.com. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.